0: Smile, friend.
1: I've come to talk with you again because
0: a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that Hello. was planted um, in my brain. You, you haven't got the wrong podcast. This is the uh, Scottish Rugby <laughs> podcast. Uh, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby blog. We just felt like we needed a different intro this week. Um just in case you thought you'd accidentally um turned your iPod back. And that was of course The Sound of Silence by um Simon and Garfunkel, Hello Darkness, my old friend indeed. Um We are back with um with the full podcast following uh, Scotland's opening game against Ireland and we will talk about how that went. Um in a moment, um, I am going to, first of all, well, I don't know whether I should apologise for my voice or not. I don't know whether or not um, it needs apologising for. Um, I've had a bit of a cold. I, I was suffering with a fever when I was watching the game, so I'm not entirely convinced it, that it happened. Um, Let's <laughs> put a bit of sexy music under it. It might sound a bit better. Barry White. Um, not quite. It's a bit too cracky, I think, for it to be, uh, for it to be sexy, but there's a bit Barry anyway, just to get you all going. Um, joining me... And this hopefully that'll cheer everybody up as well. But joining me on this, i was going to delve into the deep dark soul of Scottish rugby. It's uh, it's the the, the two headed beast reunited once again. It's G and Underhay.
1: Hi folks. Hi there. Yeah, I was skipped out of the surgical waste bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sent, sent to a top clinic in Switzerland and reconstituted.
0: And now rampaging through the streets of Tokyo. Towering above the buildings. <laughs> no, it's Gionanda. Hey! fetch Godzilla. Godzilla. Hey, hey, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the, we we've um, we we're back. We're going to do these kind of fool podcasts uh, after every game. We're going to try and put out some little wee ones like Sandy and I did before the um, before the games. Once the teams are announced, just to try and um, have a wee bit of chat around that. Um, you can get in touch with us. Uh, by email podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk and uh, we're on twitter at Cammy Black or at Scott Rugby Blog, facebook and instagram as well um you can also listen to us on acast spotify tune in and all other podcast apps including apple podcasts uh where a number of you have left us some five star reviews so thank you very much we do appreciate that um we've got L Jag 13 it's the uh, 13th of the L Jags this is not biased much. I look forward to the next episode as soon as I have finished. Keep it up, boys. Um we've then got Ham hock. I don't know if it's an actual ham hock. Um always happy for food stuff to leave reviews as well. Um always Thank a grassroots Yeah. Uh, always a grassroots opinion of the broader game and definitely cover Scottish rugby for the masses. Uh, we've got Ross Torren, which I think is actually his real name, uh, says given the rugby podcast buffet available, this and blood and mud are the ones that I am happiest to have turn up in my ears. Please keep providing me fun and insight that I can try and pass off as my own. Admittedly, the more popular you become, the harder it will be to steal your thinking, but I'm willing to sacrifice that if more people get to hear you. And then this is this next one, this is our global appeal. Uh, Norwegian statistician. So I don't know if he's a a statistician from Norway or whether he provides stats on Norway. I don't know if that's a job. What do you think?
2: (laughs) I think it's absolutely a job, but... um... Maybe, I mean, maybe they just like Norway and it's kind of like one of those, you know, a, a name you pick when you're 12 and you think it's cool and it's just stuck.
0: Possibly, possibly. Let, let us know, Norway statistician, are you, are you compiling stats on Norway or are you compiling stats on something else whilst you're in Norway? Uh, anyway, he says, I'm no longer playing sadly, but as a former reasonably senior player, I love listening whether or not I'll have a hands in the ruck. Um, so it's, it's a difficult week, this. Don't really know how to start. Um, John, we'll start with you. Um, who do you think um, that um, that Jonah Hill is going to play in the new Batman film?
2: <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, well, that's what
0: we're here. we're here to answer the big questions, that's, John.
2: That's absolutely. Um, I, I mean, he should play the Penguin. Yep. Based but on his stature,
0: he's lost a lot of weight though. I mean, a lot of people are suggesting Clayface.
2: <sighs> <Yeah>. uh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I mean, can you imagine if he played Bane though? And we just yeah. like we done a proper pumped up Jonah Hill, just absolutely going berserk. It would be. I think it would be. brilliant
0: I'm not sure he's got the voice for Bane. I'm. I currently have the voice for Bane. You do have the voice <laughs> for
2: Bane. Yes. And we've already mentioned the darkness, haven't we? We uh, have. In oh, yeah, so... Yeah, Gregor
0: Townsend, to... you, you used the darkness. I was born into it. <laughs> I, I covered my mouth there. It's an audio podcast. No one could see me do that. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I added to the effect.
0: It did, yes. It did help. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we 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 will turn to the, to the real matter in hand, which is, of course, the game against Ireland. In a moment, a bit of news. Uh, first, um, Hamish Watson, I think it was you could see he was when he was when he was riding the wee cart you you knew it was bad news didn't you
2: it didn't look great did it I and mean, uh, yeah i mean the cart did look fun though and i had i had visions of i think there was was the a football video years ago where they, they were riding the cart and they dropped the guy off the back <laughs> Yeah, I was well, hoping that didn't happen, but no. it would have been funny.
0: It's nice to have a wee ride anyway. Um, and then uh, the shock news, I think, well, a few people had spotted him on crutches. I think Rory had, had seen that Ali Price was on crutches in the team photos, but that's been confirmed today that that's him out of the tournament as well. And Henry Pergus is flying over, uh, much to the delight of Richard Cocker no doubt, given that he's now down to the bare bones of his scrum halves. Um, if he even had bones to start with, that may be harsh on Edinburgh fans. <laughs> Apologies. Um,
2: do you know what time it is, Douin?
1: No. It's
2: Hornito time. Well, Hornito!
1: But finally, he'll get a few more, a few more minutes. Um, do you think he'll start against some
0: more? I do. It's no. difficult. No, I think I think we'll start Laidlaw. I think Laidlaw starts against some more. And he, Hornito was always going to start against Russia, wasn't he? Yeah, it'll be
1: oh, uh, poor
0: They won't know. They won't know what hit them. Um, I feel like they need a brother to play so we can have the Hornito trilogy.
2: <laughs> the Hornito 3.
0: That would be... Um, the. Um, we'll come on to some of the uh, back, backlash I've had against um, my, my wee song about George Horn later on in Hands in the Ruck. Um, so we've got Henry Perkins is flying it out to be with the squad. Um, it, I mean, it's hard to see him getting anywhere near a Day squad unless the, he's there as cover, really, you would think at this stage. Um, and then Magnus Bradbury, who, who they'd kept in Japan just for a wee extended holiday, although he wasn't with the squad. He's he's no, not got very far to travel, so he will now now form part of the squad instead of Hamish Watson. Um, we've had a couple of bits of news tonight out of Embra that it's their season ticket holders get together tonight. Um, Sandy's texted me to say that the uh, stadium apparently is going to be finished uh, by July 2020. Um, I think stick a couple of years on that. That's probably more realistic um, and then um, Richard Cockrell says he expects uh, Scotland to win our next three games, so uh, we can all thank Richard Cockrell for jinxing us uh, there. <laughs> um, so Scotland Island, um, let's I've got another bit of music queued up for this. Let's go, let's let's go with this. For need something underneath it. So there we go, bit of sad music to go underneath this. So after all the hype, uh, all the build up. All the talk of being the fittest team in the world, TM, having the fittest prop in the world, TM. uh, It didn't come off for Scotland on Saturday. Um, Bigly, it didn't come off Ian. Um, I mean, is it as bad as people think? I mean, that's the first question, because there was a lot of... I mean, I think, realistically, you go into a tournament like this with big expectations, big hopes, and when you lose a game in a manner like that, It's perhaps hard to be philosophical because you are coming off such a big high as opposed to sort of going into a game with the normal kind of Six Nations buzz.
1: Um, Yeah, well, it was always going to be a tough game um, at, you know, risk of repeating sporting cliches. But Ireland's ranked number one in the world, alright, maybe those rankings aren't exactly accurate. But we've shown, I mean, even last year when we got. the result doesn't look good. You know, if that huge one's passed, the hog goes in then, and there's a, a massive points difference. So we know there's not that much of a difference between us and Ireland. But when you just turn up and there's just no energy, no aggression, and you just roll over and you, know, you mess up the basics and you give Ireland the lead, why do we keep giving away early tries? You know, it's just the, uh, it's been a bit of a crash. Because there shouldn't be that big a gap in the scoreline.
0: Yeah, I mean, do, do you? I mean, do, do you put that down to John Scotland not executing the game plan, or Ireland defending well, or a bit of both?
2: Um, I think, yeah, I think about both. Definitely, um, Scotland. Uh, yeah, the, the, I think Ireland's uh, Ireland's game plan is designed very well in that it is quite adaptable to most teams. But I think Scotland in particular will struggle with it purely because they've got that, that massive rush defence. Um someone say midfield midfields possibly a bit too a bit too rushy um coming up maybe a wee bit too quickly, but hey ho, that's you know that's that's the game nowadays. So they put they put they target our playmakers, they put them under pressure, they know what Scotland are going to do but they also know that we don't have we don't have the grunt in the front uh the front eight to to cause them problems so they're quite happy just to soak up pressure with us throwing the ball around and looking pretty and then they'll turn us over and score um that's helped when Scotland start throwing you know start panicking and throwing the ball about silly um which i think we were Quite guilty of actually at the, at the weekend.
0: I mean, Ian um, Inside Arm on the blog makes an interesting point. He says that that, that he thought there was, wasn't there wasn't much wrong with the players' attitude for the first six minutes. Um, they were fired <laughs> up, he said. And then the stupidly ambitious three-quarter play, a long miss pass from Taylor straight into touch. Then you get the barnstorming run for Henderson, and a few minutes later you're twelve points down, and we're a different team. Do you, does does that ring true with you? Do you think it was it, it kind of maybe? It was such... Losing those points so early knocked Scotland for six.
1: Um, Yes, but that's a recurring theme. Um, The only time it's not recently happened is uh, against Georgia, but they're not much good. And um, France at Murrayfield when we actually managed to, to turn them over despite conceding early. But you can't concede early to Ireland because, like John was saying, they've got a game plan to just stifle Scotland and they will just you know, run through phases, play, it, you know, play a territory game, play it by the numbers, do nothing fancy, but when Scotland are as, as underpowered as they were compared to the Irish forwards, um, there's there's not much he can do.
0: It's strange though, isn't it? Because um, Sa- Sam Squatch, I have to get that name right, and Team Cam on the blog both kind of pointed out in the comments that it's not really been an issue for Glasgow and Edinburgh this season, that, that they have been able to stand up a lot more to I mean, maybe not so much Glasgow against Saracens but certainly against Leinster they they they've stood up a lot more in Edinburgh have, have, have certainly played well against you know strong packs particularly strong french packs so you want you wonder what what the issue then is when they come into scotland camp john
2: yeah yeah um i think uh, there does have to be questions asked to the coaching at that point um obviously Townsend and his team have tried to keep units together so you see obviously he picks quite often he picks the Edinburgh front five or picks you know picks picks certainly the front row um in one of the warm-up games I think we had seven Edinburgh forwards as well um it's it, it is strange but I think there's there is an understanding I think Scottish players in particular we 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 are we have a lot of club-level players who play well in the Pro 14 and play well uh, in in the Champions Cup as well. But that, that step to international rugby, it is a cliche, but it is a massive step. And I think certain players are not necessarily capable of that. And I don't think... The problem we have is we don't have the depth behind them yeah. or we haven't bloodied the depth behind them to be confident to use them.
0: It's interesting. I don't. I mean, we we we'll, we'll come on to individual performances as well because I, you know, I think I, as much as people get annoyed, I think when we when we single out individuals, at the same time, it's it's a public business that they're in, and and you know that they're, they're yeah, there for fair. Yeah. As long as it's fair criticism, I think it's fine. As long as it's not not abuse. Um, Grant Gilchrist, I think, is an example of of what you're saying there. In yes. The, yeah. Grant Gilchrist will have an absolute worldie, but when he doesn't have an absolute worldie, he is a very good pro-14 player, and there's no in-between, and I think that's the difficulty we have, we've got, I mean, a, Johnny Gray's probably someone who's opposite, Johnny Grey can have worldies when Johnny Grey doesn't have a worldie, his performance is still good enough for international level and we have a few players like that, but we haven't many, I mean Stuart Hogg would be one, Finn Russell, um, even Greg Laidlaw, I would say when Greg Laidlaw's not in his game he's still good enough for that level yeah. but there are a handful of players, Ryan Wilson Gantt Gilchrist, to a certain extent, even on—I mean, even at the weekend, even Stuart McAnally they just—they they seem to switch off. These players seem to switch off for long periods of the game, or for, at certain points in the game, and and you can't you can't relax in defence. I mean, that's you look at the first try and try—it's McAnally and Gilchrist. I mean, I saw Ian Morrison writing something in the Scotsman today talking about how it wasn't McInally's fault because it was somebody else had left the gap and he was expecting someone to be there. But you you have to play—that's a communication issue then, and you have to kind of play the gaps you can't leave a gap like that for someone to run through and then when Allen do break the line it, it, him and Gilchrist are at a jog <laughs> and then when yes. Allen they're battering the line they they're very slow to reset and similarly I think the is it the third try no the fourth try when Wilson drops the ball Maitland does very well to chase Llama and force him infield but then you you have Ryan Wilson again again Grant Gilchrist and Fraser Brown just kind of Wandering around, leaving the blindside completely open for, for Ireland just to pour through, and you can't afford to have those lapses at this level. And it, it's, you wonder what it, what, what is it that that's, that's making them switch off? Do you think? Ian? Do you think? Do you think it's fatigue? Do you think it's, that they've? I mean, we talk about them being fittest, but have they been acclimatized properly? Maybe.
1: Well, they've had. Um, Tom English's rather scathing article. He's mentioned that the Ireland game was day one hundred and one they've been together. Uh, How long have they been in Japan for, what, a week? Um, Maybe doing their training camp in, was it St. Andrews? Maybe that wasn't ideal preparation, but, you know, all these teams say this stuff about fitness, and you're talking, with all the signs involved, you're talking very thin, marginal stuff here when it comes to actual fitness. It does seem to be a psychological thing. Um, You know, it's... Putting in a performance away from home. It, again, I don't want to repeat cliches, but it's something. Sometimes there's a basis to a stereotype, and we just keep <laughs> making the same mistakes, and yeah. it's always the same stuff.
0: It's it's interesting. I finally got to the bottom of it. It's something we've pondered on the podcast before. This this idea that Scotland don't travel before big games, and they, you know they they have the captains run at Murrayfield, and they go down, they play the game, and then they come away again. And it's not necessarily served them particularly well because they keep losing away from home. Um, But the reason they do it is it's a Pep Guardiola idea. Ah. Because when he, with his teams, he only travels on the day of the match. And the theory is it stops players getting bored. However, that's all well and good when you're playing sort of weekly matches. It might be all well and good when you are managing Glasgow or Edinburgh, that that works bosh. When you're managing an international side, the, the pressures are very different, I think. And I think it's particularly that you saw the reactions of the players. They were completely overwhelmed by the occasion compared to Ireland. It's all very well getting welling up at the anthem. That's fine. I think it's it's great to have that in you and, and it's great to be pumped up. But it, it can get to a point where, it's, where that's then overwhelming. And you wonder whether or not over the years, that lack of preparation, that lack of being exposed to... The proper build-up to big games, you know, being somewhere unfamiliar, having to be in a strange hotel, being away from your family. If other teams are doing that with the World Cup in sight, but Scotland aren't, and they're still not winning away from home, then something has to change.
2: I was I was watching the um, the all or nothing All Blacks thing on Amazon uh, recently, and the the question that popped into my mind as you were saying that, Cami, is what what do the All Blacks do because clearly what we're doing just now is not working and um, it's all fine and well for Pep Guardiola um, given that he's bankrolled by you know billions of pounds to buy the best players in the world um, it's surprisingly easy to prepare for matches when you yeah. have that level of talent
0: and you think so, as well? I mean, and and Southern Hemisphere teams have a, a a significant advantage on Northern Hemisphere teams because of the amount of travel they do as international yeah. teams. So yeah, they're well, they, they do that every started, year, don't they? Know? Yeah, they do it every year. You know, a couple of weeks in what's you know a week in South Africa, and again, you watch the All or Nothing documentary and just uh, having them having to adapt to that life.
2: Yep, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's something we really. Uh, we we really need to have a, a think about it, and it's it's interesting that we're talking now about basic basic things out with of the players. You know, we're talking about things that the coaches could be getting right. Um, I don't think it necessarily gets as you know we could have been doing this for four years. I don't think it gets as a win on uh, on Sunday, but I don't think we would have been nearly as bad as we were.
0: No, and I think the other interesting thing is that um, Damien Hughes. I might be wrong on this It's based on Pony's Twitter but he's not out with the squad in Japan and he's been for the big games and it's it, that's the Scotland he's an organisational psychologist for those that don't know <laughs> he's very well respected he's been he's kind of the the sports psychologist for Scotland he's the person that Gregor Townsend uses and he's normally there for the big games he's not he was there uh, um, Twickenham for the Calcutta Cup he was there for the Calcutta Cup win in Edinburgh and he's not there and There was someone pointed me to the podcast that he was speaking on recently. And apologies, I can't remember who this was. It was a couple of weeks ago on Twitter where he spoke about what happened at half time at Twickenham. And he would have played a part in that because he would have talked to the coaches because that's kind of his job. He would have talked to the coaches about the messages that they were then going to deliver to the players. And apparently what happened is they walked in and they talked about the three behaviours at Scotland. Apparently the players are supposed to stick to, which is high energy take risks, being brave, and stick together. And the question they asked them at half-time at Twickenham was, are you doing those three behaviours consistently? And the answer was no. And then they sat down with them and looked at how they could tighten things up. So they didn't change. I mean, Kevin Miller's over on uh, the blogs pointed out they kicked more in the second half at Twickenham than the first half. There was no barnstorming Finn-Russell argument. That's all they did. And you, the All Blacks, like you were saying, John, the All Blacks have a permanent, um, it's called a mind coach, I think. That's a, right. Yeah, mental yeah, skills yeah. coach Gilbert Gilbert In Inoka, and, and you wonder whether or not you know it's, it's great having Damien Hughes there as as a consultant, and he's obviously doing something right because some of the, the you know that clearly had an effect at Twickenham, but you won given the the, the fragility of Scotland, particularly away from home, in do do you, do you think that's something that Scotland are going to have to look at now? Is, is is do we need to work start working on mental skills as much as handling and the rest?
1: Well, absolutely, because, you know, the workload of a professional nowadays, um, and if they, they added glare of social media and whatnot, there is a lot of mental fatigue as well as physical fatigue that goes into being a professional. Um, and, you know, if you want a player to perform at their peak, it's usually best that they're, um, you know, if they're in a good mood, if they're happy. Because you look how bad Finn Russell was when all that stuff with his dad was going on, Um, his last yeah. season at Glasgow. Um, so... I think we've we've already been behind in the whole having a a players association, um, and if we, you know if we've only got a sort of part time psychologist or somebody on the coaching staff who does that, uh, or can fulfil that on a full time basis when he's with the squad, um, you know we seem to be a good few years behind on that as well.
0: Yeah, the the other thing, John, I suppose with that is that the other sort of question is that most other teams, and again you look at the All Blacks, you look at Wales and even England have attack coaches, you know, it's separate to the head coach, whereas Gregor Townsend he, is the attack coach. And we've talked about this before, whether or not he he's taken too much on as head coach and needs to delegate or well, find someone to delegate to. And I think in the past we'd speculated that might be Rob Howley. Thankfully that that that's unlikely, I think at this stage. <laughs> um. I wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> But do you, I mean oh, do, you, I went there.
2: do you think
0: do you think moving swiftly on do you think that is that's something Scotland need to look at people are talking about the attack being very easy to read and very one sided do you think they need more to it
2: Yeah they absolutely do and I think there's there's possibly a concern as well that um obviously Townsend was an attack coach with scotland he was obviously assistant coach to uh, scott johnson and he was he was in charge of the attack then and i'm not saying it was his fault that the attack was absolutely dire because um the personnel available to him at the time were were not you know they, were, they weren't they weren't world beaters let's be honest um but there is there's when scotland's attack works it is blindingly good when it doesn't we are very very we're we're struggling badly mm. and I think having just maybe having a a, a separate may even just some some other ideas i mean I think jason o'Halloran had been working with him um had been working with the attack previously when Vernon was there um or it might have been the other way about but um we have had situations where we've had other people in and it, just having a fresh set of eyes um, and some new ideas and things uh, it can never be a bad thing. I don't think.
0: No, I mean uh, the other thing, Ian. I suppose on the on the flip side of that is that people, there are a lot of people, saying this kicking game is not working, but it does work because you look at the, the the New Zealand and Scotland stats are fairly similar in terms of percentage kicked. The difference, I think, I was pointing out on Twitter, is New Zealand are following up their kicks and they're forcing the errors and they're forcing the turnovers and they are absolutely committed and when they're kicking they're kicking accurately so when it's, it's a high risk game plan to play if you haven't got players executing properly I suppose
1: Yeah well actually there's a piece by Nick Evans in The Guardian today about um, all about how kicking is going to basically win the World Cup and he highlighted uh, the best four t- kicking teams as England New Zealand uh, Wales and Ireland and we saw that from Ireland you know Connor Murray is Probably the best exponent of a box kick um, we've seen uh, from scrum half. Um, he puts air on it, and the kick chase is always good. You know, we were kicking sort of aimlessly almost um, into too much space, and the chase wasn't there. Um, whether that's you know the chasers or the inaccuracy of the kick, I think it's probably the latter. Um, you know, the kicking game is is so vital because with the lack of space that these blitz defences are creating.
0: Yeah. I mean, I suppose that, that you know, we, we go back to those behaviours and, and, and that kicking game, this idea of stick together. And there were moments where that just clearly wasn't happening. You had Maitland taking it on himself when there were options outside him. Similarly, Stuart Hogg seemed to be decided he was Sergio Parisi for a day and decided to do everything <laughs> himself. Um, <laughs> you had, you know, and, and even, I mean, even Hamish Watson, I know a lot of people have talked about uh Keeley coming into the side, Hamish Watson should never have been isolated like that in the ruck. He should have had at least one, if not two, teammates locked onto him when he was fighting for that ball. He was left absolutely stranded and exposed. And there was another I think it was when, when actually, when you look at when Scotland got the penalty, um, when, when Laidlaw kicked the points, it was I think, Johnny Gray and possibly WP Nell and Greg Laidlaw at, at a ruck. And it was Greg Laidlaw counter rucking that won the penalty, and there was no other forward in sight at all. Hamish Watson came in, rushed in to try and help Greg Laidlaw, who thankfully won the penalty. But that's that was turnover ball. Where were the rest of the pack? Where were the rest of the forwards? It's not. It's not. They're not. They're not. They didn't look like they were playing together for each other. I don't think at the weekend. And I'm not. Again, I wonder if that just comes from being somewhere unfamiliar and, and, and the kind of the, 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 not not the actual temperature of the heat but the heat of the tournament i suppose john
2: yeah i I I think that's a very fair point and um i think the the idea of sticking together um for me it kind of stemmed from uh, the lack of energy and you know you you said the first behavior they talk about is high energy um that there just didn't seem to be the energy or the speed around the park that we need for, for the type of game we were playing. We were, there was, there was moments during, um, during the second half as well, when, you know, you're seeing um, guys going into contact on, on our, on our terms and, you know, taking contact well, and we're almost losing the ball. We're almost conceding penalties because just the, the, the support just wasn't there. And, you know anyone that's played you know any anyone that's played rugby at any level will have had their ear chewed off for not being the supporting player you know even at like mini level you'll get you'll get shouted at for not not supporting the man so to do it at the biggest stage of all is um a bit concerning
0: yeah i mean I, I, the, the, like you said the the, the the lack of energy as well and we we touched on conditioning I suppose a little bit earlier, but the the sight of John Barclay heaving on the pitch. I mean I think that's yeah. that my, I think that and my understanding having sort of read interviews with players is that happens a lot more than you think in rugby. It's just that perhaps because it was a broadcaster unused to the, you know, what happens on the pitch hadn't hadn't been aware <laughs> to, to cut away from a player being treated by a doctor. Um, otherwise, you might see something unexpected. But I, I think that happens quite commonly. What I what I wonder is, I'm interested in your take on this. Ian, is whether you know the All Blacks were talking about training at a very high intensity, almost at too high high intensity after the South Africa game and then rank, sort of bringing it back a little bit towards the quarterfinals. And I wonder if Scotland did enough for that when they got to the heat of Japan, because it looked, you look, Barclay as an example, absolutely blowing for the first 20 minutes, but he played a full seventy. Actually, in the second half, made some very good runs, carries and tackles, which would suggest that it was, he, he almost like, his conditioning got better as the game wore on and there was a few Scotland players like that that seemed to sort of find but by that point it's too late so do you you wonder whether or not they've been training at high enough intensity and whether they, they could have done or whether they've just been sort of enjoying the, the being tourists I guess
1: Well you know he's also had um, it was practically a full calendar year out injured and he's not a young man anymore so um, he's not had a lot of rugby minutes to get um, as he tries to build up his fitness um, no, I remember there was a a game in the summer tour last year. I think it was Canada. Uh, there was one of their uh, players was seen honkered over, um, giving it the Aldi. Um, <laughs> uh, and I've seen, I've even seen Chris Fusaro being copiously sick, like spewing up mountains of um, red Powerade uh, just Aww. after the warm ups. Just after, I was like, is he coughing up blood? No, like, no, no Chris,
0: Chris Fusaro apparently is is violently sick She's before getting, every single game.
1: Yeah, nerves. I thought I'd heard that. Yeah, is it nerves? Nerves,
0: There's
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you think you might have red powerade. They have to do it at the side <laughs> of the
0: pitch. And the boy that's, one's that, much that's... nicer as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's going to stain something for you. So if they're wearing a white kit, that's never coming out. And it's, uh, it's I mean, an and artificial pitch as well. In.
0: Who's cleaning that up?
1: Yeah. Ooh. Uh, um, but on a serious note, we're. we're, we're what are we about? Talk- <laughs> conditioning. Do Do you think? <laughs> do you th- have? I mean, um, they talk wait, about
0: fitness, but do you think they're actually? I mean, you, there's one thing being fit, and then there's another thing being acclimatized. I suppose.
1: Um, yeah, but they've got all these, all these sports science statistics and all that, and they've got all the all the tests they can do. So you'd think that they would, they would be in peak
0: peak condition. oh yeah but then I'm thinking I'm wondering if it's like a Rocky IV thing you know it's all very well being hooked up right. to computers but if you know maybe there's an argument to be saying you should lock yourself away in a wood and chop trees with your bare hands for a couple of weeks you know
1: <laughs> oh, the, the, the old Vern Cotter routine yeah um, um, possibly but
0: hey it nearly's got us a semi-final
1: <laughs> true uh, don't don't start on that um, <laughs>
0: Don't know. Maybe, no.
2: maybe 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 we just need a montage. Maybe
1: that's, uh, that's you know. it. That's Mon- it. More montages.
0: I mean before before <laughs> um I did did either of you have any other points you wanted to make before I move on to reader suggestions that Actually,
1: I've... well just you know, you were lacking saying about lack of energy and In the instance you were talking there about Nell Grey and Laidlaw hitting a ruck, right? Now the back row was picked because of their, you know, ruck smashing abilities. Barkley, Wilson, Watson they were picked because that's, you know, their um they're forty, one of their best skills. Where, where were they? Um it's the most experienced side that Scotland have ever picked at the World Cup. And but they just played like you know, young boys.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, and it's not like they're unfamiliar with Ireland either, just <laughs> these boys like all it. three of them are playing these boys week in, week out.
2: I was going to make a positive point just to kinda of go, go against go, go against, against the again against the grain.
0: I'll allow it. <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Um yeah, watching it back there was moments where Scotland actually there was certain shapes and there were certain patterns that the attack for very fleeting moments actually looked like a Scotland attack that we 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 would enjoy to watch. And the other positive point I wanted to make is that World Cups are all about momentum. And we've got the Ireland game out of the way, mm. so we're going to have three games, and we'll, we'll we'll see how those three games go. In an ideal world, we'll win them. If if we had had Ireland last game of the group, and we'd you know if results had went the same way, we would be going into a quarterfinal against probably one of the two top teams in the world, having just got battered by Ireland. This way. You know, but I admit I'm scraping the barrel here for. Well, photos, and I don't think I think yes, I think sweet. there's
0: a lot of clickbait out there about oh, Scotland are in danger, but I've seen nothing from the games that no. Russia, Samoa, no. or Japan have played so far that would convince me that Scotland are in any danger of going. out or touching wood yeah. here, like for anything, but <laughs> the you know, on paper there is nothing that I've seen so far from Japan, from Russia, or from Samoa that would cause us any worries. I mean, the Samoan. You know, discipline today was was atrocious. The you know the the Russians have have turned up and they've given everyone a good game. But I don't re- I wouldn't really worry about us for want of a better expression a second string Scotland side even if that you know turned is, is is our future first string to a certain extent. You know, a younger Scotland side then shall we say, play, yep. you know, putting in a performance against Russia and, and and actually probably racking up a lot of points against them as well. You know, we should be going and targeting fifty plus points against russia
2: style of, style of play we have will work against russia because they are they both them and samoa today they again to use your rocky analogy they just knocked lumps out each other but they were so slow it was like watching two ultra heavyweight boxers just smashing each other um but scotland's just put put a bit of pace on it and will cause both those teams no end of problems My
0: my only worry I think would be Japan, just I wonder whether on Friday they were a little overawed by the occasion and you know it was the opening ceremony, first game but at the same time I didn't necessarily see, you know you look at their warm-ups they've had to this World Cup uh, you know there's nothing that would suggest that they would cause Scotland any problems if Scotland like you said can get the momentum and start getting things clicking John
2: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. The, I, I think, not. I think the, the key point is nothing has actually changed. We're still in the exact same situation. We probably expected to lose to Ireland, mm-hmm. so nothing's changed aside from the team. The other teams in the group don't actually look as good as we thought they might. Mm. So, yeah, I suppose. Probably
0: okay, I suppose the the the, the sort of negative for me positive that might be irking people is that people did see flashes of what Scotland could do. And that probably makes it more frustrating. It was just that they took the wrong option when it wasn't on. And you take a different option and, you know, things are very different. But but they, you know, they they'll learn from this. And we've we've had a few um submissions via Twitter and, and elsewhere. Um Ian Walsh, um, this is these are game related hands in the ruck. Um, rather than doing them hands in the ruck separately, we we, we tend to when there's big games do <laughs> game related hands in the ruck. So Ian Walsh says his hands in the ruck for the game is thermonuclear takes on firing coaches. We should probably find. A, <laughs> he said we should probably find a top defence coach. But has nobody been watching Scotland for the past ten years? This is fairly normal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a round of applause for that one. <laughs> Absolutely right.
0: Um, Fee, her hands in the ruck is the constant calls for Big Vern Cotter to, to come back, as though people. <laughs> People forgot that England stuck sixty-four points on us at Twickenham that time.
1: It's only sixty one actually. was it wasn't sixty-one, no, I've, I've added it. an extra yeah. three. I've added an extra three. Was your,
0: so so harrowing. You're adding extras those the three I was, was gonna match. say those, those three points I took away from somebody when I gave, <laughs> when I gave everyone <laughs> zeros in the match match ratings. Um Bruce McConaughey had a few, but the one I've gone with is because I don't agree with it actually. Um the continuing faith in Grieg, he's a great player and leader, but his delivery gives opposition too much time to reset. Uh, the point of fast rugby is first phase attack is to catch the opposition off guard. I don't agree. I think Laidlaw gets a poor ball from the forwards. If you watch and I watched that get the game back today, he is scrabbling in those rucks to try they're not delivering Laidlaw clean ball. And quite rightly, he's not prepared to fumble or make a mistake by trying to wrench it out of there if it's gonna come loose or bubble loose because and we've seen that happen. You know, so no, I think he needs clean up all, and that's not his fault. I think Mark Palmer did a tweet today saying, you know, a lot of people calling for Greg Laidler to go, but you look... he's He's been at the centre of a lot of Scotland's very good performances, even when he's come on as a substitute. And I know somebody tweeted me today and said, well, he didn't play against New Zealand, that he didn't play in the back-to-back wins against Australia. I mean, one of those was because he was, he was, he was uh, playing with the Lions. I think the other two, he was injured off the back of the Lions tour. So, you know, he's... I think Mark, well, the point Mark Palmer made was you can't blame Greg Laidlaw for the fact that nobody's as good as Greg Laidlaw to a certain extent, John. That's
2: very, fair. But, you know, that's very fair. Very fair. There was a moment in the
0: game, I, I I thought
2: he was a wee bit lucky actually to get away with it. There was a moment again, second half, I think, where he's, he's clearly frustrated that the ball's not coming back and he actually stamps on his own man. Um, <laughs> he, he, he that's such a, Scotland,
0: that's sh- such a Scotland thing to do.
2: <laughs> the yellow card is for raking your own man. <laughs> raking your own man, yeah. I think it was Gilchrist who'd taken it, in, and he just absolutely bansized the guy. You know, like, oh, great, come on. And I was sort of checking to make sure it wasn't an Irish Irish hand or something, but no, it was just his own forwards were in the way. Yeah, um, yeah it was uh, uh.
0: <laughs> more that, more tough Jed like justice, more tough Jed justice <laughs> on the forwards. I think send them show, on
2: with we, we size six boot.
0: <laughs> um, Craig Mason says, e- ca- uh, calm down. No, can everyone calm down? He's seen headlines like, hang your head in shame, we all have bad games. I mean, that have been <sighs> some pretty bad takes, haven't there, Ian?
1: Um, yes, there's been a lot of bring back verms. Um I can't, you know what, to be honest, I to kind of just avoided forums and whatnot <laughs> and be below the like comments <laughs> because people just talk, mince. Um, no, it was. Yeah, I think a lot of people just have unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, I like to think I'm a realist. We've been rubbish for years, um, and you know, just because we, you know, we're, we're better than we were, say, eight years ago, five, eight years ago. Mm. Um, but we're nowhere near the top table. Um no. we, yeah. we've got some very good individuals, and we can put, pull out a great performance here and there, but we're not there yet. The- I think.
0: Sorry yeah. on you. No, well, I was going to say the one thing I think you're quite right. I think the one thing though might be that that they need to keep an eye on is the stuff that's going out on social media from the players. And, that, and that, I think that most of most of them are sworn off the the horrible cesspit that is Twitter, um, <laughs> and they're all over on Instagram with their Instagram stories. But it's uh, there's been a lot of feedback, I think, from fans who are talking about the amount of time players are spending on social media. And then a lot and a lot of the social media is, is sometimes them watching things like Love Island or playing computer games. And it's a, a perfectly legitimate way to spend your downtime. It's a, a very well-recognized way to, to improve your hand-eye coordination and all that sort of things. But you just wonder whether or not, given the reaction to the island game, whether or not they just need to think about what they're putting out on social media. Because, you know, you or I looking at that quite reasonably think, oh, look, they're playing Fortnite and having a very nice time of it. Look at that, it's a really nice way to relax. Someone else looks at that going, how dare he say he should be hanging his head in shame. He should not be playing <laughs> computer a games. performance. Yeah, he should be yeah, well, self-flagellating um... <laughs> himself in front of a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
1: uh, Rio Ferdinand once famously injured himself playing computer games. Right. Yeah. Uh, didn't so was another, it, another was players, didn't think, someone since... get addicted
0: to... A, a Game Boy or something was that Robbie yeah, Fowler? Uh,
1: oh. It
2: was, uh, no, it was uh, David James injured himself as well. Yeah, on play it was on the PlayStation and he sat in the, the same location for too long and he, <laughs> he, he, he strained his <laughs> knee ligaments when he moved. No, that
1: was real Ferdinand. Was yeah. that real? Oh. That was real. Yeah, he was sitting playing FIFA. He's foot on the coffee table. Yeah. Um, oh God.
0: We've got two more. Uh, Dermot Gomley says his hands in the ruck is the hope. And I do think that's I played. Know. I do think that's played a large part in it. You know, we've been building this up for four years, and it is quite a yeah, come down. And then the last one was just something Rory Lawson had, had had put on 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 his Instagram that just said, "Review, park it, move on, we go again." And I think that's probably as good a point as any to leave it. Let's let's not linger on it too much. Um, we'll move on then. We're gonna. I'm not doing jingles this week because um, I just my throat's gone, and I'd not that I sing them live. You understand. <laughs> um, but we'll go straight to where's Doogie Um Sandy Smith uh, saw Tim Visser at Murrayfield dressed like he was going shooting, which I think is a very fine spot. Tim Visser now moved back to Edinburgh, of course, so watch the space, mate. Yeah, maybe. He moved, back now? yeah. yeah he moved back to Edinburgh. I don't know for business, Business, I assume. Um, so watch yeah, the space. A shirt, he, don't... Shirt business, wasn't he? he did, yeah. He did a bespoke, bespoke shirt business. Uh, get in touch, Tim. You know, we'll make me we'll just make us. We'll take some shirts and give you on our, uh, you know, all the influence that we have. Hashtag influences.
2: <laughs> we we model Is the it...
1: model the dad bod well. Don't as you we?
0: see, you should see you should see our t shirt sales. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm actually waiting for the, the 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 Scotland rugby World Cup battle for this t as we speak.
0: That's maybe not a great advert that we have to buy our own merchandise, though, Ian. <laughs> no.
1: But... <laughs> Just getting the brand
0: out there. Good, you know? good. On a on a on an audio format, you're <laughs> getting the brand out there.
1: <laughs> no, we should we should wear them at Murrayfield when we go and do match reports because the scrum boys have always got the scrum jackets on, so we, we should have, wear yeah. our
0: merch. We need to have it so, yeah, it needs to be subtle, so it doesn't like we're supporting. I think yeah, we, we can buy Scottish Rugby Blog podcast t-shirts. They are on there. Nobody's bought any yet, surprisingly. Um, the it's next
1: because we've not advertised it yet. Well, exactly. You know, get, yeah. the, the, get the yeah. marketing people onto this.
0: That's right. Um, Fantasy league, join our Super Brew. Um, I tried to figure out how that worked the other day. It's very confusing during a World Cup cycle. I changed all my players, and apparently i have now I've made all my transfers. Even though I've that's halfway through some games, I don't know. It's not given any league tables yet, even though most I of the games are done. I
1: think I've missed. I was. I'm also doing the predictor thing. I think I've missed today's game
0: we don't have a predictor league on the blog but if you go to the blog uk, you can get the code if you're already it's probably too late well you can still join you're unlikely to do particularly well i don't think um if you join now because a lot of the games have gone um but you can join if you maybe already um there there is no league yet i don't know where we are there's 161 people in our uh in our blog league, so feel feel free to join. Um, as soon as there are any positions, we'll we'll read that out on the podcast, and normally read the top few names, and then work out why it is that we're doing absolutely terribly. Uh, <laughs> the reason I'm doing terribly is because I don't understand what's going on. I tried to pick some some more players today, but apparently this game doesn't count. Who knows? If anyone can explain it, then get you know get in touch in the normal way. When when does
1: the lockout end?
0: I have no it's idea. All... I don't. Well, it's it's not a lockout anymore. It's round two. When was round one? Right. I don't know. Who um, knows?
1: I think that was the first three games, was it? But oh. you know, is it, why is it always so difficult to like change your team name? I know it's, wow. it's like four sub menus in. It's, it's a, <laughs> a pain in the hole. Make your interface easier, Superbrew.
0: <laughs> this, this maybe, this maybe is why might tell you why we struggle every year in the <laughs> uh, in the Superbrew <laughs> Fantasy League. <laughs>
1: The pick picking the players bit I'm fine with. I even, you know, figured it out. I was like, Oh I don't have a kicker, I'm gonna to have to well I'll put Lee Halfpenny in so I've got a designated kicker. And um Are you like have you got a hang of the pick
0: have you got the hang of picking the players though Ian?
1: Yeah. I mean you've picked well, we, them. I'm just rubbish at it. No, that's what <laughs> i it's the problem. Yeah. Um, you
0: can you can actually you can do the action of picking the players. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. just you know I uh I've got at least two try scorers, uh, Furlong and Labu Shanyu.
0: Oh well. Oh, well I, I, so, I yeah. um I packed my team with Japanese lads and then they struggled to play against Russia, so I'd
1: I put <laughs> I put Fukuoka on, on the wing and then okay, realised oh. he was injured. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was so... Sorry, if, it's after nine o'clock or something.
2: What is your what is your Scotland
1: uh, ratio in your team though? Because that's most uh, important. I, I, I packed it, um, foolishly. Uh a Johnson, that's not foolish, that's Johnson not foolish. Russell Maitland, maybe.
0: Yeah, you have to have you have to have some. You have to have. Well, that's our rule. I mean, you you can still join the the brew, but we we will not we think, dock points and knock you down places if you haven't got at least one Scotland player in your team.
1: I think I think Pro- Rambles at the as well.
2: We'll probably throw abuse at you as well. Like, let's yeah. be honest about we'll it. Name we'll, shame, we'll
0: name and shame. We'll name and shame on on the podcast. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, the net before we go um, onto hands in the rock, which is everyone's favourite part of the podcast, I've got a wee wee quiz for you. This is based on something someone uh, posted on uh, Facebook that BT were uh, not BT, sorry, BA were producing for, for rugby fans travelling over to um, Japan, which is the Japanese words for um, for um, rugby terms. So I'm going to read out a word now. You first, one to shout gets a point. This is no, there's no prizes here. So. My best Japanese accent, so here's the first one. Adoban Tejeji.
1: That must be an
0: advantage. Well done. Penalty
1: advantage, yeah.
0: Next one. Kon No on.
1: Knock
0: on. Line out. Mm, scrum. Kon <laughs> <laughs> It's conversion. Oh,
1: of course Oh, ja, ja.
0: Uh, Dropu-goru
1: <laughs> Dropu-goru
0: yep. Oro Oro try. No, not try Oro out. Forward pass Faru Faru Faru.
1: ru
0: yeah, well done so... Farikiku <laughs> free kicker. Yeah, free kicker. <laughs> the, the, these are genuine <laughs> ones. I've not taken the mic yet, by the way. Um, Nokusuru.
1: Knock on.
0: Yep, knock on. Uh, Rhynauto. Rhynauto. <laughs> Rhynauto, aye. Uh, Offa-sido. I like that. Aye, <laughs> uh, you. Aye,
2: okay. Aye, okay. Just, uh, doesn't
1: happen. Doesn't
0: happen. Penaruti.
1: <laughs> Penalty. Penalty, Wow. Aye. This...
0: This I like this one. Sumi bako. <laughs> Scrum
1: five.
0: Sumi bako. That's a, a sin. Sinbin.
2: Sinbin. Oh,
0: Sumi yeah, bako, yeah. and then the last one you'll never get this one. Torai. <laughs> <laughs> Try true. it, Torai. So um, yeah, let me know how my pronunciation was. Anyone that listens to this that actually speaks Japanese, I tried my best. That was based on a BAE handout um, with a kind of pronunciation guide. It's um, so a bit of fun there. Hopefully you joined in, and we'll go to hands in the ruck. Well, can I can I give you a player spotted before we go? to Go oh, yeah, ruck? of course you can. You, it's I the wrong know. section, John. You've missed it. But let's go. Ah, let's, let's, no, let's throw I'm caution to the wind.
2: Fashionably late. So Monday in details. I was over at Disneyland Paris
1: last week. Ooh ooh
2: yeah and uh, aside from seeing all the usual you know characters um i bumped into former all black number no. 8 hanging out in paris with Finn, uh, christmas Massoy, uh, just outside of the park looking absolutely raging about life he was very, <laughs> he was so grumpy was it uh, the prices
0: or the queues
2: I think it was just the Disney experience. I don't think he's a Disney
0: fan. Well, Dan Carter and maybe he was raging because Dan Carter and Richie McCall got the promotion gig because they've been promoting Disneyland, haven't they? Yes, know? they
2: have. Yeah, but no, Chris. Chris was there chilling, looking, looking. He had such a skill on his face. Um, my, my wife was raging as well because I spent like the next twenty minutes like googling everything about Christmas away and telling her, and she was just like, "I actually hate you."
0: Did you did you continue to do that over on Space Mountain?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. So Sp- Space Mountain's double as quick as it was the last time I was there. Like they've actually upgraded it. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, not not my favourite thing. Although the roller coaster, the Finding Nemo roller coaster, was the simplest, the worst one. That was awful. Well,
0: you would imagine. You would imagine. You would imagine it would be. Um, speaking of um, people boring other people. Um. John, uh, not to be too unkind (laughs) uh, to you. Um, You (laughs) are so Did you, have you seen, I mean, I've not really ever spent time um, searching photographs of Ben Skeen, Ian, your favourite person in the world. Um, (laughs) Did you see the photograph of uh, Team 21 that they put out um, today? Team 21, for those who don't know, is the team of referees and officials. They're calling them Team 21. All right. Did you see? Did you see the picture of Ben Scheme?
1: I have not.
0: No. The should only. I? Have you seen a Have you seen a picture of Ben Scheme before? Yes. He looks like I didn't really fully appreciate this. He looks like he would walk up to your desk on a Monday morning and just have a very long, boring conversation with you about this weekend <laughs> in excruciating detail. Walk up to you and be your worst nightmare. You like, "All right, you're right Ian, mate. You have a nice like, week." He's got a
1: um. He's even got his own page on the uh, the All Blacks website. Oh, is he? That's yeah. Because I was, I think I was looking, looking for him, you know, just to see, you know, really get to know my enemy. Um, <laughs> and you know, one of the the links for his profile was on All Blacks. dot dot Yeah, um,
0: he has got his he's got his own player player profile. Um, yeah. Oh no, it actually, says page not found when you click on it now. But he did have oh, one. Um, right. Yeah, he just looks like he would just kind of walk up to you and say hello ian you have a nice weekend mate and <laughs> so, you say, yeah, oh, yeah, say i a bit busy i was uh, putting off some shelves mate this weekend just with the wife <laughs> <You> used uh, <laughs> I to be in to being cute you know the, with the wife she says it's a uh, it's it's you just get a roll plug and put it in but, but she she didn't realize it's it's drywall mate you know you can't just use normal roll plugs so, <laughs> so had to go to, yeah it's a guy just went to Screw fix but they screw didn't facts. have the right screw, facts. screw facts. they didn't have the right uh the right roll plugs. Do you know the ones that work <laughs> in drywall? there. <laughs> <laughs> bored myself into doing a South African accent. <laughs> there you go. So that's that's Ben Skeen's weekend. I wasn't being key, mate. You asked the man, he didn't know didn't know what a roll plug was. I says to him mate and and I, I didn't know what an offside was. Yes. So I put the shells up. <laughs> He <laughs> couple of, couple of good uh, white shells, mate. Got the old spirit level on them. Had my mate Mad Jeff over. <laughs> Call him Mad Jeff because he uh, once played a very strange move during a game of Monopoly. So yeah, that's that's Ben'skin. That's ben weekend. Anyway, <laughs> might maybe we make that a regular feature, um, just at the end of the podcast.
1: Have a jingle for it
0: though. Um, go on, then uh, Ian, I'll, I'll, after I'll put you know. After I put out your misery, what's your hands in the rock?
1: <laughs> um, oh, well, it's Ben'skin now that you remind me of him. Um, <laughs> you know, well, uh, my hands in the rock uh, this week goes to Mister Michael Checker, um, who has complained that Fiji. Went to the citing officer and said you should maybe check that Rhys Hodge tackle on Yato by the way because he's not he's you know he's concussed him. Um, and Checker was like, oh, they've gone behind my back. That's a bit. Meh. And this comes from a guy who spent most of 2018 complaining about refs. He's going on about how it's not in the spirit of the game. And then I thought I don't recall if you uh, saw any of the footage of him at Twickenham when he was seen to mouth uh, effing cheats. Yes. Was uh, slamming his. Uh, board about all over the place and repeatedly seen to swear. Um and he's gone on about the spirit of the game because Fiji um are doing what the ref should be doing and try to protect their own players from foul play. Um, yeah. So yeah. yes, there's
0: that. <laughs> yeah. I think I I saw a tweet today from Leave UK that said today a panel of unaccountable lawyers have totally overturned a constitutional order in a desperate attack on the de- democratic will of 17.4 million British voters and I thought that could equally be a statement from Michael Checker about um, the World world Rugby's judicial board.
2: <laughs> oh, well done, son. A well bit, bit of
0: satire there for you all, folks, as well. Um, John, your hands in the ruck, then.
2: Mine actually leads quite nicely And from Ian's. Um... I'm I'm going to have a wee a wee grump. I, tr- I try not to have a grump about referees and TMOs and stuff, but it always happens. So this time I'm going to extend it out to world rugby. What is going on with the high tackle? Was or, or, let's see guidelines <laughs> um, being applied? Um, the game today was case in point. Two absolute shockers that have been checked by the tmo and they've, they've spent time looking at them and they've concluded that there was mitigating circumstances the only mitigating circumstances was that the guy didn't actually take the player's head off <laughs> um they, it was, it was it was look, if you'd done that to someone in the street you would have been put in jail for quite some time it was an assault from boat, from really low and, the I'm not even going to attempt, uh, the hooker. Matou. Matou, who managed to knock himself out in the Aye. process as well and then didn't get an <laughs> HIA. It was just, it was amateur o'clock. It was so bad. And that on the back of World Rugby coming out and saying that, we've reviewed the referee's um, um, performances thus far. And we've concluded that they haven't been good enough, so they're going to get better at it. It's like, I really wish that worked in my workplace. Like, I've decided I'm not very good at this, but I'm going to do it better, yeah, well, that's
0: okay. I think what I liked about is they put the statement out this morning that said performances over the opening weekend were not consistent of the standards set by World Rugby and themselves. That's Team Team 21, everyone. Team 2-1. T- t- team 2-1. But World Rugby is confident of the highest standards of officiating moving forward. Now, this was released before the Samoa Russia game so roman Fats <laughs> read that and gone hold my beer
1: <laughs> <laughs> hold my wine
0: <laughs> hold my wine watch this lads <laughs> so, yeah no i agree i think yeah it's been it's been we- i mean even i thought i I th- Scotland. The Scotland game was one of the least contentious. I thought I, generally it was fine. The only issue I had, although watching it back, I think I'm slightly wrong, but the, I think they spent enough time looking at the second Irish try. I mean, it, it didn't it made no heap of difference to the game. Scotland should never have been in that position in the first place. But I don't think Ireland grounded that ball. I think Scotland did. Is
1: that the Rory Best one? Yeah. Another Wilson, one right. Yes. Yeah. We are. Ireland do it, Um, they've got the line out. Yep. And basically, the entire line forms a mall before the ball's even been thrown.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs> but so, let's not let let's not let the laws get in the way of a of a oh, good spectacle, a good hey, guys.
0: Yes. Um, I have two uh, hands in the ruck. One is very brief, and my hands in the ruck is mat- one is maternity services in Fife in 1995. Um, purely because this morning. You know, full of the joys of of George Horn Hornito being, uh, you know, elevated to second choice scrum half with Scotland, Um sort of put out the wee ditty of just one Hornito, give him to me, delicious rugby from Dundee, and then was, I mean, I say inundated. It was two lads, Johnny McGinty and Craig Manson, who, who both listened to the to the podcast and play for Howard Fife, are and coaches there, um, inundated with abuse from them because uh, George Fife is from Fife, uh, George Hoff- Horn, George Fife. George, George Horn, Fife. George Fife is from Horn. Uh, George George <laughs> Horn is from Howard Fife. Uh, so they were upset. That I said he was from Dundee. Um, they pointed out he was only born in Dundee because there's no maternity unit in Fife, so it's either Dundee or Kikori. Uh So it's a bit of a bit of a Sophie's so, choice there yeah. in terms of whose
2: whose who's fault that? That's not our fault. It's, I know exactly. It's your fault.
0: Exactly. And plus, as, as I pointed out, it, you know, Fife doesn't rhyme with me. <laughs> but, that's, um, tr- that's very I, true. I, I,
1: are you going to uh, are you going to give Mark Lock? Mark Lock, yeah. Mark his... Locke,
0: To be yeah. fair, he said Mark Locks was just one honey toe the to end the strife. Delicious rugby from Howard Fife, um, oh, which really. is which bad. is good. But I'm overruling it, Mark, on the basis that uh, Howard Fife are currently can't... in the same league as Beric, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't
1: we have a second
0: verse? Come on! Come on! Come on! Yeah, finish Come off. On, keep keep me. it going. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's get. Let's will get... the
2: second will
0: the second verse be sung without music though? <laughs> oh, we <laughs> yes. just drop it.
2: Chilling.
0: Yeah. We'll go with that. We'll aim <laughs> that for the end of end of, please get in touch with us with your lyrics for um just one honito to the tune of O Solo Mio or as you all know it better as the Cornetto song.
2: <laughs>
0: just, so. <laughs> the um I will point I don't know if I've told the story, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, is the time that I went to see, went to the Proms in the Park with my brother um, down in London, and Alfie Bowe was on, and he came out to sing o Solo Mio, and genuinely got upset when the entire audience started singing just one cornetto back at him.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not the song, please stop singing just one cornetto. And loads of drunk middle-aged women singing it. One glorious size. And
1: they're getting peckish. <laughs> I really fancy a cornetto now. I know, <laughs>
0: Anyway, but I'll let you get away and see if you can uh, track down an ice cream van. Well, I'm not sure what, what you know. Any ice cream vans out in Glasgow this time of night probably aren't selling cornettos. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. There's an
0: old '80s and '90s reference, isn't there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my last one though is it's just it's just a shout. I think I, I can't. It's weird, isn't it? Sports a weird thing, and I I know I had the flu, but Scotland lose, and I kind of. You know, we joke and we have a laugh on this podcast about being upset and angry and grumpy about it. And we all have a rant on Twitter. But genuinely, I think some people are, it's probably making some people quite ill. Um, And that came across very strongly on uh, the Facebooks and the Twitters at the weekend. So there's just a few genuine things. uh, This is a WikiHow article. It's actually quite a good article on how to cope. And react to loss when your favourite sports team loses. So so rule number one is acknowledge your feelings. Some people allow things like the performance of their favourite team to affect their emotions. That's okay. If you're angry or upset about your team losing, don't pretend otherwise. Give yourself a chance to vent a little bit, or at least be disappointed. But keep control, it's only a game. Or maybe that's what Facebook's for. Maybe it needs a separate forum, for a venting forum, and then you can just have everybody else, all the reasonable people can go on with <laughs> their lives... In their Facebook feeds. Um, number two is talk to other fans. That's 4chan, isn't it? Yes. Go 4chan. I've a right over there. Um, post some pictures of angry frogs. Um, number two, <laughs> talk to other fans. Sports are a great communal experience. And even if you're watching Home Alone, there are other people out there enjoying the game too. Call your friends. Speak to people. Um, I put online forums, a very good way to do. But don't, in the middle of a game, turn round and start calling me a C-word. And then block me when I ask you to please be polite. That's you know, it's and also it's rude. It's just rude if you if you if you at that point. It's just rude. My voice is good. It's not Barry White now. It's broken. It's finally <laughs> broken. Thirty eight of my voice is broken, lads. Um, hey. Point three: eat something. Food can be a great comfort. Food. Um, eat. And don't drink. That's probably not a good idea. Uh, turn off the telly if you're watching the game and your team loses. You don't have to wallow in disappointment. Turn the telly off and do something else. Don't go on Facebook. Don't go on Facebook. Turn the telly off. Go for a walk or a run.
1: Especially if Sir Clive Woodward is doing the post-match. Yes.
0: Yeah, just turn it off. It's done. Final whistle. Don't watch the analysis. Watch it later when you're in a better mood. Get some exercise. Go for a jog. Physical exercise. Good way to work out the frustrations. Um, Go by a cornetto. Yes. Uh, Remember, it's just a game. Your life is full of more important things than who wins and loses a game that you aren't even playing in. I love that line. Accept <laughs> <laughs> your impotence. I like that. Obviously, if you, <laughs> impotence is impotence in another sense is a real problem. Get medical help if that's an issue. Uh, but um, there's nothing you can do to affect the outcome of a game, including wearing lucky socks. Your team didn't lose because you didn't cheer loudly enough or sat in the wrong seat. The failure is not your fault. Um, stay loyal to your team. One loss shouldn't be enough to drive you away from supporting your team. Stay loyal. It's a good way of connecting with people. Remember the good times. Go and watch some highlight reels. Go watch the second half of the Calcutta Cup this year, or go watch the twenty, you know, we 20, 20, in Cup. You know, watch that game back. Um, get some good memories. Be prepared to deal with the taunting from other fans. Um, I think that's fair. I think we should have a twenty four hour cut off though. I think twenty four hours is fair game. What do you think? Anything after that just looks like childish.
1: <laughs> um depends, depends depends. Depends. Uh, if you come up with something original, then that's fine, but you know if you just recycling the same old
0: people. If your rugby, pa- rugby pass just posting an anti-Scottish memes day after day after day, trying to get anger content clicks, then yeah, that's... that's not a great business plan. Um, hmm. Five, be optimistic. The great thing about sports is there'll always be another game. It's also the bad thing about sports, but let's—we're not going to yes. dwell on that. <laughs> and then the last one, which I think is the most important one, is a genuinely serious point: is to talk to a therapist. Is what they say, but just talk to someone because <laughs> being sad after watching your—this is what it says: being sad after watching your team lose is not unusual. It should not have long-term effects on your emotional health. If you find that a loss is affecting your ability to live in the real world, look for professional help. Just because your depression seems to be coming from the outcome of a sporting event doesn't mean that it isn't a real concern. So please go online, visit Mind, are a very good start, Mind the charity. It's mind.org.uk. Visit Mind, get some help, speak to someone. If if it's running into Sunday, Monday, or 24 hours later and you're still feeling angry, you probably need to speak to somebody um, because it is only just a game of rugby. But please keep listening to our podcast about rugby (laughs) because it is very (laughs) important.
1: Apart from the 2015 quarterfinal, because that was acceptable
0: for about four or that five days. That was, yes. That was. I I I genuinely, I think when we did the, we, we looked back at that game, I genuinely <laughs> still haven't processed that emotionally. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah,
2: you, you're the probably for four or five days. Yeah. Four or five days. I mean, I, I was, yeah, I, I think the only words I uttered for four or five days were Craig! Craig!
0: <laughs> Juba! But I think the thing that saved me is I was with my daughter at the time, who was very young, and you know, I had a bath of, So, you know, life moves on. I'm yep. still not over it, but I did have to deal with something else immediately <laughs> after I had to go and give my daughter a bath.
2: Did you so. turn your television off,
0: though? I did, yes. yes. I didn't watch the post-match, you? I just turned it off. Scared. I, scared I, I, I had to keep quiet. I terrified him when Mark Bennett scored. I shouted it very yeah. loudly.
2: Yeah. I, got, I got told off from and uh, and my house as well because her daughter was quite young at the time, and uh, she she came up to me afterwards and says, "I hate when you watch Spirits, Daddy."
0: <laughs> I so, can beat I can beat that. I have genuine worries about what my son's gone at nursery this week to tell people because he said I like watching Daddy's Men's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I've had. It's Daddy's Men's. I like watching Daddy's <laughs> Men's. So yes. We expect <laughs> to knock at the door from social services any day now. Um, <laughs> on that note, that is we'll it from us. To
1: the that, <laughs> does, is that an extra
0: listener?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you'll be hosting next week, John.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, that's it for this week. Possibly for me, for good. Um, we'll be back, um, possibly with a mini podcast over the weekend. Watch this space. We're going to see if we can uh, put one out. It's a bit awkward because the team gets named on Saturday and you know, life and things and Um, we want to make sure that people have actually got a chance to listen to it before kick-off on the Monday at quarter past 11. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, get in touch with us. Um, Apologies for the voice. Hopefully it will all be fixed next time we're on. Um, Get involved with the comments on the blog. Uh, Email us, follow us on Twitter and the like. Leave us reviews on on Apple Podcasts. Um, Visit our Redbubble store. Buy some some T-shirts. Cheer yourself up. That's another way to cheer yourself <laughs> up. Buy, spend money. Buy our, buy our merch. Um, but for the moment, it is goodbye. Retail from, therapy, re, exactly. Retail therapy. For the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian and John. Goodbye. Cheerio. Cool. Thanks, chaps.